Welcome to episode 14 of the Not-So-Silent Verbal Podcast, the Oklahoma edition. Initially, we will focus on Oklahoma recruiting, uh, but it, but very soon we will be adding episodes covering uh, the entire Big 12. Episode 14 is titled, 2023 Class Steps Forward, while the 2022 Wide Receiver Class Resets. Uh this timestamps will be provided if you want to skip ahead to a particular topic. Episode 14 will cover current news, what has happened at wide receiver. Then we'll move on to discussing some of the verbal commitments that have taken place lately. Uh, we'll cover Luke Haas, uh, Cedric Roberts, and Mikhail Lemon. Then we'll move on to the last uh, verbals in August of Joshua Bates and Brandon Innes. Uh, then we'll end with a discussion of some of the uh, updates in late July that occurred during the final week of um, uh, in-person recruiting. We've got some uh, names disappearing from the OU radar, and we're going to set up a little bit about what's going to be happening next in recruiting. So thanks, for everyone, for listening. Let's go ahead and get started. Get on with it. Yes, get on with it. Okay, current news. What what's happened the last month? So, um, I was going to record this podcast during the week, but the Luther Burden situation delayed it, and then I decided to just go ahead and wait for um, the Brandon Innes verbal commitment, which we'll talk about later. So, basically, on last Monday. Luther Burden uh, pulled all of his OU stuff from his Twitter profile, um, which is a which is a social media indicator that something's about to happen in recruiting, and usually not good for the incumbent team. And no later than twenty four hours, we had a public decommission decommitment. Sorry, from Luther Burden, where he indicated he was making a business decision. Sort of a vague comment, but. That's what he left us with. Um, so that's that makes it three for three on decommits from what was probably the most talented position um, in OU recruiting uh, since the since the five star three of um, 2000, uh, 2019. So right now everyone is asking what has happened and where is OU going in terms of a wide receiver recruiting, and there's not a lot of answers. There's, not been a flurry of new offers. There's not been um, really any details at all on new players being um, evaluated. Um, OU seems to be taking this, you know, pretty much in stride uh, for now. Um, it's it's a dead period. There's only so much they can do from a recruiting standpoint. They certainly could contact players and get offers out there, but. I think probably what we're seeing is OU's deciding, one, um, will they continue to recruit Burden? 
I think that's unknown right now. OU has an official visit in their back pocket to use a burden if they want. OU has three home games uh, in September, uh, which they could use. One of the, they could use one of those weekends to bring burden in and just sort of kick the tires and see if they can reel back uh, burden's level of interest in OU um, and maybe maybe make a last attempt at, at recruiting him before maybe moving on uh, to, to another kid. Because the other issue would be continuing to recruit burden might send kind of a mixed message to uh, new targets that hopefully OU will be establishing at, at wide receiver. So uh, it's, it's a tricky question. Burden's a supreme talent. OU's heavily invested in him over the last year. Um, his verbal commitment uh, silently um, at the barbecue last year, which then led to a public commitment. He was a, he was a pair of emoji eyes during the barbecue last year, which then led to a public commitment in, in October, really kind of derailed, um, well, it didn't really derail, but really forced OU to reorganize their wide receiver recruiting board and kind of left some Texas wide receivers, notably Evan Stewart, uh, without a spot um, after the verbal commitment of um, Taylor Shetron, which uh, which occurred a little bit after that. I know you already had the verbal commitment of Jordan Hudson uh, from previously. So Burden was really kind of a surprise. It was kind of out of nowhere. I don't think OU was really anticipating it. So um, it's uh, left OU a little bit. Uh, he hasn't left OU high and dry in wide receiver recruiting, but uh, to say that OU is going to have to pull some 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 logistical things together uh, at wide receiver recruiting would be would be would, would probably wouldn't be an understatement. Um, so OU could use a September visit, or OU could try and bring Burden in maybe as late as maybe the Iowa State game if he's not committed elsewhere. And just hope that the uh, season OU's having on the field with uh, Spencer Rattler throwing the OU wide receiver core is maybe maybe making Burden realize that his best business move is being in one of the more dynamic passing games with elite quarterbacks, with elite wide receivers uh, to help you, um, as opposed to being... I suppose to go to supposed to as opposed to going to somewhere like UGA, which seems to be the biggest rival right now. UGA and Missouri seem to be where he's maybe maybe leaning. You know, UGA does not have a great history of wide receivers nor development of quarterbacks, um, and uh, and Missouri is just really kind of an unknown under Eli Eli Drinkwitz. They're doing a good job recruiting right now, but you know, again, it seems a little bit like one of these programs where you know everyone's sort of undefeated in August. And, we need to see what Missouri actually looks like out on the field uh, in an SEC play. So, um, you know, there's there's no way OU wants to go zero for the, the 2022 at wide receiver. Um, there's too many variables at wide receiver where OU could lose depth and talent, principally Mike Woods, uh, Jaden Smallwood, and, and Theo Weiss all will be draft eligible after this year. And, it's easy to paint a picture, perhaps of all three of them, perhaps putting their names in the draft uh, in the draft pool, depending upon the seasons they kind of have. They could all break out, have big years, uh, with an OU offense that's just clicking and, and, and head of the pros. 
And that's a, that's a good thing for OU uh, in terms, if they get drafted high, in terms of the status for OU, but it would leave OU a little bit depth compromised if they don't bring any high school kids in for 2022. So um, I'm not sure how it will play out, but I think OU will probably look to try and add two high school kids and then maybe leave a slot open for an elite portal wide receiver, um, if that makes sense, based upon what's going on, what else has gone on with the roster at wide receiver. Um, Mike, Mike Woods, another Mike Woods, would be an example of exactly what OU uh, might be looking for. So it's, it's, it's been a bizarre week at wide receiver recruiting, even made more weird by the news I'm going to get to a little bit later, where 2023 is just humming along. And 2022 is just completely reset and back to square one, really. So that's it for the negative news in this podcast. Um, uh, we're going to try and you know, we're going to move on to the verbal commitments and the good news uh, that um, OU's getting for 2023 in particular. Uh, but I'm not, it wouldn't surprise me one way or the other if I'm not recording another podcast in a month saying, OU's not looking at Luther Burden at all, or Burden seems to be back in, back in play for the Sooners. Uh, in the same way, OU is able to reel back in C.D. Lamb and Theo Weiss after they committed him and then decommitted to, uh, to OU. So Dennis Simmons does have a history of being able to bring back wide receivers into the fold uh, uh, based on uh, them leaving, uh, based on them deciding to want to look around and have some official visits and, and et cetera. So, I'm not sure which way it will go. Um, also, one of the other reasons why I think we may not be hearing any names uh, too much could be that it could be, you know, using being, you know, has has been reached out to by some kids that are committed elsewhere. Those kids obviously don't want that message getting out too heavily. Uh, and really, there's nothing for OU to do with those kids until they can get them on campus and um, get them through an official visit if they want to officially visit. So, again, September could show several names of wide receivers um, who visit OU sort of unofficially, the infamous, uh, often hated, secret visitor. So we'll, we'll just see how that shakes out. But that's enough of negativity. Let's move to uh, start talking about the, uh, the recent verbal commitment additions for 2023 and 2022. And now for something completely different. All right, we've discussed the ugly D commitment. Let's talk about the 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 commitments that, that occurred this month, and let's talk about the ones that occurred the first part of the month, the first three commitments. So um, OU's first uh, commitment for this month was a kind of a surprise. It was actually really in late July, um, occurred just at the very end of the month. OU had a visit from um, Cedric Roberts from Pflugerville, Texas, which is near Austin. He's a defensive tackle, defensive lineman. He was uh, previously verbal to Baylor uh, before opening up his recruiting and choosing OU. Um, He was scheduled to be on campus in June for one of the camp events, but he was hurt. So OU wasn't able to to have the chance to do a one-on-one evaluation with with, uh, Cedric and, and put him through the kind of workouts that they've been using to make a lot of their defensive evaluations, um, in particular, uh, Savion Price, um, uh, RS, uh, RSJ, uh, Robert Jennings. 
Um, so OU wasn't able to bring him in uh, and kind of give him a full workout. Now they were able to do that in late July. He was healthy. He had like a leg problem, um, muscle problem. And then he was able to, in late July, come in on campus and go through that workout. And then OU instantly gave him an offer. So um, he previously had been sort of focused on Baylor and Boston College before he sort of opened things back up. And um, although not, you know, not Clemson and Ohio State, um, you know, Dave Aranda at Baylor and uh, the Halfley, the coach at Boston College, are both big-time defensive coordinators, excellent defensive coordinators. So they have a pretty good eye for talent. So uh, those, those two guys really being interested in Roberts is, is, is kind of a positive sign. So um, Roberts is about 6'3", 6'4". He kind of has a huge wingspan. Um, you can see this sort of on tape. He's got, you know, long arms. Uh, his high school film's very good. He's got a fantastic first step, uh, like like a blur off the line. Um, has a very high motor. He's consistently making plays in the backfield, either sacking the quarterback or sacking running backs. He's he's constantly moving. He's tackling plays from behind. Um, uh, he's Roberts will likely need to add some good weight to move inside for the Sooners at defensive tackle, which is where I think OU sees him. Uh, but his frame can easily add uh, 20, 30 pounds to put himself in the 290, 295 range without losing any of that that quick speed off the line, quick you know quickness off the line that's so important for the Sooner scheme. You know, and with OU returning several interior uh, players for 2022, um, Roberts can easily redshirt um, in 2022 and then look to to become part of the rotation in, in 2023 when OU's numbers uh, will have thinned out after sort of the COVID year uh, where OU's defensive line numbers are a little, a little crunched together. So adding this player, regardless of what they do elsewhere in defensive line recruiting, is a good move for the Sooners, provides depth. He's got a lot of talent, high, there's high upside with this kid. Uh, I don't think it has anything to do with where OU's going to continue to recruit aggressively on their D-line. But they liked him. He is probably some a player pretty similar to maybe um, uh, in high school, maybe a little similar to some to a player like uh, uh, like Jordan Kelly, um, you know. Um, but you know his his upside is you know you this is this is this is sort of how Perry and Winfrey looked in high school. Um, so this is you know this is I'm not saying he's going to be that kind of a player, but this is kind of where. If you look at Perry and Winfrey's high school footage, he kind of looks like this. He's this big, athletic guy, big frame, bursting through the line, making plays, you know, raw, um, needs weight room time, needs coaching time. So we now have a development development scheme in Norman that's consistent. We now have coaches that are developing players in Norman. So just like uh, uh, Grinch and Manning can pick up a couple of guys after evaluations, I think we've got to trust um, – uh, Coach Thibodeau and Coach Kane to be able to look at uh, look at D linemen and 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 make the same kind of evaluations. <clears throat> the next edition um, is the 2023, and we're just going to talk for about 2023 from here on out. And it's the un it's the uh, expected commitment of Luke Haas, but the unexpected part was. Luke had been telling people he wanted to wait until after his junior year to, to commit, but he went ahead and decided to commit. Um, Luke is right now 
number 53 on the 247 composite. He's the number two tight end in the country. Um, he has offers from about 20, 25 programs. Everybody in the country has offered Luke. Um, Luke was another barbecue attendee. He also visited OU a couple other times in June. So there was some thought that he might be ready to pull the trigger. Um, and after the bar, right after the barbecue, I thought he was like going to really commit right after the barbecue, but he held back some, um, but he certainly has changed the plan that he was going to decide after his junior year. So, um, Haas had a fantastic sophomore campaign at Bixby. Um, and really, uh, the, the ceiling on Haas is, is, is sky high. He's just started to scratch his potential at, at, at tight end. Um, Haas is probably around 6'4", 220 right now. I think he could easily carry 245, you know, 240 range, keep his speed. Um, in terms of comparison, some people have suggested Mark Andrews. Um, I kind of like a, a faster, more athletic Grant Calcaterra. Um, either way, his skill base is sort of a legit all Big 12 Mackey Award type potential. Um, when you add La, when you add Haas to Caden Helms and Jason Llewellyn, um, JGF is is quietly well not quietly is 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 actively rebuilding the tight end room at a rapid rate, adding um, you know Haas is another big weapon. He's a very complimentary weapon to Helms and to Llewellyn. You could easily see all three kids on the field at the same time. Um, and this is just this is just a huge commitment. Haas is probably going to be the number one player in state. He is right now. Uh, he'll probably hold on to that title for the rest of the year. Um, he's uh, already already started. Uh, there was, uh, there's some footage of him online from this weekend. He looks fantastic with the ball in his hands. Um, it's it's just a huge addition for OU and another good job uh, by Joe John Finley. Uh, the other 2022 commitment uh, that was right after right after Luke Haas. Uh, he was the second set of eyes, the second set of emoji eyes that Lincoln posted uh, was Makai Lemon. Um, and right now, Makai is around in the 30s on the 247 composite. Uh, that gives Makai a ranking of a uh, five-star ranking um, in terms of um, where he is in the 247 composite. He's a little bit lower on... Um, on rivals, but he's right there, sort of in the top 50 range. Um, so just like Luke Haas is right there in the top 50 range as well. Um, it gives OU, um, it gives OU, a um, another, another player, another, another elite player. He's uh, 36 on, he's 36 on the 247 composite right now. He's, I think he's in the top 20 on the ESPN rankings. So, Makai is, again, an elite prospect, five-star or on the fringe of five-star. Um, when OU got all everything elite five-star QB, Malachi Nelson, about, you know, in the middle of middle of, middle of of July, um, I kept mentioning an uh, important side note was his long-term friendship with Makai Lemon. And that Lemon and, and Nelson uh, looked like they wanted to play uh, together in college. Now, those package deals often don't work. 
Um, but this one certainly did. Um, Makai, like Nelson, wrote it on CBS Online to a national web presence. Um, OU's having a lot of luck with that CBS Online commitment uh, process. Um, he's, um, he's definitely a player that some folks have ranked as an athlete. Uh, he's, his wide receiver, wide receiver footage is very, very good. Uh, some of his cornerback footage is also excellent. Um, just like Jaleel Farouk, Malachi Lemon's not really coming to OU to play DB. He's coming to catch passes from his, his best friend, Malachi Nelson. Uh, so I'd imagine he'll be given every run at wide receiver unless OU just has a, a massive problem at cornerback and, and, and really needs his help over there. Uh, he's about six foot 180. He's got excellent speed and agility. Uh, comparisons being thrown around to previous Sooners. The obvious ones are kind of a, a bigger Mark Clayton um, or perhaps a, a longer, more athletic Sterling Shepard. That's pretty, pretty heady territory right there for, um, uh, for Malachi. Sorry, for, for Makai. Uh, I'm going to have to keep, have to keep those straight. That's going to be a little tough. Um, uh, so adding, adding lemon to Nelson, I think really sort of helps, uh, OU fans worried about whether they're going to be able to hold on to Nelson. Uh, the, the, um, the, the two teammates coming to OU, uh, really, I think helps, helps the Sooners grounding, uh, with those, with those two top California players. Um, and gives OU, you know, just a, a, a great, great combo from, from a big time school in California, uh, a long time before signing day. So OU's got quite a bit of, quite a bit of flash going in, in California, uh, which may help with some further players down the road. Um, so this gives, uh, this, this really was a big time addition and, um, you know, the, the families all visited Norman for the barbecue, both Lemon and, uh, sorry, Lemon's family and Nelson's family. They apparently all together. Uh, they even stayed an extra day in Norman because of a weather problem with their flights and used that to just soak up more footage and spend more time with the coaches and the, and the team. Uh, and and it, I think uh, based upon some social media interaction, rumors coming around, they're going to be back in Norman in early September for a game. So, it all seems, despite the fact that they're in California and they're going to be five-star guys and everyone's going to keep calling them, it, it looks like OU's got a good grounding in, uh, in capturing both of these players. So that's the, that's the first group of verbals OU got. Uh, but OU was, and I thought OU might be done for the month of August, to be honest, uh, with September looming large and, and, and visits coming back open. But uh, OU was not quite done, and, and let's and let's get to the next two verbal commitments in the next section. I didn't expect a kind of Spanish Inquisition. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. So, early August, late late July, early August was, was very friendly to OU with. Um, Two huge commitments for 2023, adding more skill, more skill, position, ability to the class with Makai Lemon and Luke Haas. Uh, and I kind of thought OU would be done for the rest of the month, considering 
uh, September was coming up and, and, and games would be on and OU would be deep in camp and things along those lines. But uh, the latter part of the month has, has also been very generous to the 2023 class uh, in recruiting. So a surprising name that I really haven't mentioned that much, um, verbally committed to OU, um, was Joshua Bates, uh, the offensive guard, offensive center from uh, Durango, California, sorry, Durango, Colorado. Um, He had visited OU um, as part of um, uh, part of the camps. He had gotten an offer as part of the camp session. Uh, And then he came back at late July and had an on-campus visit during OU's uh, open house during that late period, the last available um, period of, of open recruiting. So OU seemed to be in a really good spot with OU, with uh, Bates, um, but he didn't. I wasn't really seeing any signs he was going to commit anytime soon. Um, and then, right after visiting OU, uh, Bates announced on Twitter uh, that he would make he'd be making a commitment. Uh, his other schools he'd visited, uh, based upon his uh, social media posts, were uh, Colorado and Oregon. Um, so. Uh, it kind of looked like, uh, based upon just the traffic and the volume of where he'd been the most, that OU was going to win that battle. And they got a verbal commitment from Bates uh, quick on the um, on the announced day when he made his decision. Um, so what is OU getting with uh, with Joshua? Um, Bates is about 6'3 or 6'4. Um, he's listed about 280 pounds. Um his frame looks like he could easily support around 300, and and um, it looks like he, you know he he could he may be close to that by the time he reports to Norman, or will have no problem carrying that kind of weight, maybe even even some more weight um, once he gets into the OU strength and conditioning program. Uh, why did OU offer? Well, his high school film is uh, at center is excellent. He's extremely physical with that almost nasty trait that uh, Bill Beanbow has often looked for with his OU players. Kind of several times he's kind of dragging, pancaking the defensive lineman uh, like, like, he, like he was talking bad about uh, Bates' mom. Uh, and Bates just, you know, was showing a, a tendency just really not liking the defensive tackles and defensive linemen. He was moving out and, and shoving around and beating up. Uh, right now, um, Bates is not as highly ranked as the other 2023 verbals. He's not a top 50 player. Broke OU's string of that. Um, but I think by the time the recruiting service is getting around to do, uh, to do a full evaluation of him, he'll end up being a high three-star or a, or a, or a low four-star uh, kind of rating. Um, remember Creed Humphrey was just a three-star player. Um, so was Vince Carter. Um, you know, so was, uh, so was Gay Bickard, um, you know, so you, you know, offensive centers just, just, just generally don't get massive accolades in recruiting. Um, so, uh, for a comp, I'm going to pull a name from a little later, a little earlier, uh, in the, in the Bob Stoops regime. So, uh, Bates is a, a super physical athletic center from Colorado. So uh, how about John Cooper uh, as a comparison? The OU Center from Colorado uh, on the 2006 to 2008 teams 
you know, John was a key part of that, of those offensive lines that put up those ridiculous uh, numbers in 2007 and 2008 as part of Sam uh, Bradford's uh, ascendancy to the, to the Heisman and to, and to being a first round pick. So it's a really great addition. Uh, you know, good, good commit for OU. Nice to see him getting an interior offensive lineman and, and another player who's comfortable uh, playing center. Um, I, I will say I'm a little surprised that he's gone back-to-back classes with center, with guys who are, seem to be elite centers. Um, but, you know, that kind of versatility, you know, Bill Biedenbaugh just looks for. And, and Bates certainly could play offense, could play uh, offensive guard and be, and, and be very good at that position too. Um, so that's, 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 uh, that's, uh, Joshua Bates, uh, the big commitment, maybe the biggest commitment of the entire month. And since, since Malachi Nelson really is this Sunday, uh, August 22nd, Brandon Innes committed to OU, uh, on CBS online, just like Trayon Webb, Nelson, Lemon, and, um, uh, just sorry, just like Webb. Uh, Nelson Lemon. Now Brandon Ennis also committed uh, on CBS Online. So that gives OU four for four on online uh, announcements, hat day, hat day celebrations. Uh, Ennis kind of was trying to fake out fans a little bit with a, he looked like he was only going to pick up an Alabama Crimson Tide hat before he, he changed directions and picked up the OU hat. It was kind of funny. Um, only you, OU could have kind of this weird recruiting week where they lose a number one wide receiver um, and gain a number one wide receiver. So as I mentioned, Luther Burden is out, but Brandon Innes is now in. At least he's in the class of 2023. Um, uh, Innes is right now on rivals ranked number four. Nelson is right now ranked number two. Um OU has not had that kind of QB skill player combo since the days since the days of Adrian Peterson and Rhett Bomar. Hopefully, it, it, the they, the AD uh, if 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 Ennis could have, could be the wide receiver of could be an Adrian Peterson type wide receiver, Adrian Peterson levels because of wide receiver that'd be great. But we're, we're going to strive for for, Mal, for Malachi Nelson to perhaps uh, exceed Rhett Bomar's on the field. Uh, performance and certainly um, not matches off the field shenanigans. Um, you know, there have been rumors and articles about OU's connection with Ennis for about a year. Ennis, like his uh, Florida friend, Trey on Webb, has been, you know, part of the Florida recruiting scene for several years. He's not a, he's a very well-known prospect. Um, and when he was confirmed for the barbecue in June, um, you know, I, I was starting to like OU's chances of staying in his top three, top five, you know, through his recruiting process. But I didn't have a, I didn't have a strong sense of when he was going to make a decision. Uh, however, when he visited for the barbecue with his longtime friend Trayon Webb, uh, I initially thought that he was that Ennis was kind of bringing along Webb to just kind of say, "Hey, I really like OU. Would you come and look at OU with me?" Um, but it now appears, based on interviews with both players, that both players had OU way out in front and were just waiting for an in-person visit to sort of lock their decisions uh, about OU. Um, so that's two elite kids from Florida 
two top 50 players in the country from Florida, two, uh, two top 10 talents from Florida. Um, Ennis is going to be really, really close to the number one player in Florida. Um, that would give OU the number one player from Florida. And Ennis, the number one player from California, and Malachi Nelson, and the number one player in, from Oklahoma, and Lucas has. So OU's got six commits and three number one players from three different states. And it's, it's a pretty damn good start. Um, you know, Ennis is, uh, what is OU getting in terms of a wide receiver with Ennis? Um, he's an, just an all-round, you know, just playmaker at wide receiver. Um, he could play inside, he could play outside, elite quickness and speed, route running and elite ball, and elite ball skills. The kind of, um, you know, leader alpha that OU will need um, to compete in the SEC for hopefully SEC titles. Um, so OU now has, you know, four, four skill position um, verbal commitments um, giving them, uh, really just, you know, a, a great group, you know, a great, sorry, that's five, five skill position guys. I, sorry, I forgot a name. So now you've got a quarterback in Nelson. You've got wide receivers in Lemon and, uh, Ennis. You've got a tight end in Lucas and you've got a running back in Trey on web. Um, so really that's, that's just putting OU in just a great position in terms of of, 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 of creating an elite, maybe the best skill position group, overall group uh, in, in the country for 2023. Um, and I don't think OU's done a wide receiver at all. Um, OU still seems to be very much in play with DeAndre Moore. They also seem to be very much in play with Jalen Hale from Longview, Texas. So uh, two players who I'm not really sure what their time frames are right now. But OU certainly has added Ennis, uh, has Lemon, and certainly gunning for more weapons to basically surround Malachi Nelson. Uh, OU's not done a running back recruiting either. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't add a second tight end as well. Um, so OU's definitely looking to just surround Malachi Nelson with – just a, a host of uh, elite offensive weapons to stretch the field, make big plays, and um, uh, be as good as any skill position group uh, in the country uh, and and in the SEC. So that's the that's the breakdown there. OU now finds with all the commitments, OU now finds himself as a number one class in the country for 2023 in every ranking system. In the rival system, they basically doubled up everybody else in terms of their score uh, score point value with having two five-stars, um, three highly rated four-stars, and then um, uh, on the rival system, Josh Bates. Joshua Bates is a three-star. Uh, 247, OU's uh, got, a, got a nice lead over Georgia now. And that's without um, two four seven hasn't ranked Joshua Bates. So he doesn't have any points in the system yet. So OU is is, is trending to have um, just a, a fantastic elite class for two thousand twenty three. Um, some of the 
247's class calculator projection, if you start just putting in some of the some of the fantasy names or the real, which which are somewhat realistic for now, based upon all the kids that visited in June and July for OU unofficially on their own dime, and all the kids mentioning OU, um, you know, it's, it's you quickly can build a fantasy uh, a class that that looks as good as any class that Bama or Clemson or Ohio State have have put together in the last five years. Right. It's obviously not going to trend that way. OU won't get all these names. But um, uh, OU is, 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 is possibly putting together kind of a breakthrough number one recruiting class uh, in the country for 2023. Um, still, still, still a long way to go, but there are an incredibly long way to go as the 2022 class is painfully letting us know these are all just verbal commitments. Uh, but right now, OU is as hot as anyone in the country uh, recruiting for 2023. So that's the verbal recap. Let me go ahead and uh, let's move on to the next section where I'm just going to talk about some other news, comings and uh, goings from recruits and uh, set up what's what's next for the Sooners. Okay, this is our last section where we'll just go over some, some of the news that came out in late July, early August about recruiting some players. Uh, Interested, uh, interested in OU or, or that OU was, was was previously tracing. Just some updates and some of the uh, some of the other action that was occurring. Uh, the first piece of news is kind of a negative piece of news. Amari uh, Abor, the talented defensive end from uh, Duncanville, Texas, has put it a top six and doesn't look like he's considering OU any longer. OU really kind of seemed to have maybe moved on from Abor after getting the verbal commitment from Derek Moore. Um, OU still heavily pursuing Kenyatta Jones uh, at rush end and Marvin Jones Jr. at rush end defensive end as well. Um, and also um, recruiting Gabe Dindy um, at sort of the Redmond defensive end position uh, as well. So o- OU has definitely got some other D-line targets, very highly rated D-line targets they're looking at. Um, they're also still considering uh, adding a, a defensive tackle uh, to go with uh, Cedric Roberts uh, on the on the D line. So, uh, you know, Abor was kind of inconsistent in what he what he was taught his, his level of interest in OU. Um, uh, I think his best fit probably was the Isaiah Thomas outside defensive end spot, and that was probably maybe the only fit he was he had in the Sooner system. Uh, I don't think he's a stand-up rush outside linebacker, um, not for what OU does. So when OU got Derek Moore, um, a very similar player, and that might 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 have just been where OU decided that you know um, they you know uh, that Abor was maybe not giving them the strongest indications of their of, of his level of interest. They were to try and focus uh, elsewhere. Um, both Kenyatta Jones and Marvin Jones Jr. and Gabe Dindy, based upon social media traffic, should be visiting Norman in September for um, for home games, They're using official visits. So it will be interesting to see if OU is able to um, make any headway with uh, with those three players. Um, well, Virginia wide receiver DeAndre Green, who came to Norman in early June, looked like he might be uh, ready to 
be really interested in the Sooners and be a fit for one of their decommit wide receiver slots. Um, he's listed the top six, and he's no longer considering OU. Based upon who he's listing, distance seems to be the biggest uh, biggest issue. Um, this is kind of a setback because in light of the three decommits, um, you know, Green at the time seemed sort of like almost like, you know, um, an extra wide receiver, but he would be a, he'd be a big addition right now uh, and certainly would help with the wide receiver issues that OU is facing in 2022. In other wide receiver news, um, 2023 target DeAndre Moore um, has transferred to Los Alamitos High School in California. So he's now a teammate of Malachi Nelson and Makai Lemon and um, transferred there to receive, to, to play with Malachi Nelson. So um, it's hard to imagine that's not going to make Moore's connection to OU even stronger. Moore's talking about maybe making a commitment after his junior year. Um, I think that's probably what he'll continue to – that sounds like a reasonable plan. Uh, but it's hard to imagine him playing every week with uh, two form, two future students in Nelson and Lemon is not going to help OU in their, in their recruitment of the very talented uh, Moore. Um, OU had a number of visitors in late July – um, during the last week of the in-person recruiting period. Uh, in-person recruiting won't begin again until September. Um, some of the biggest names um, that were visited were mostly in-state kids. Um, the highly rated uh, Jacoby, Jacoby Johnson from Mustang. Uh, he's a 2023 uh, DB slash athlete slash basketball player. Uh, kind of needs to figure out which sport he maybe wants to focus on a little bit. Uh, he's 6'3", you know, in the 180, 185 range. Um, would make just an elite cornerback um, in most systems with his speed and length. But, you know, he's pretty raw and just needs to decide if he wants to focus on football or basketball. Um, Gentry Williams from Booker T visited. He's the 2022 Near five-star consensus top 50 player we've been talking about for, I think, two years now. Um, it was good to get him back on campus for the Sooners because he's been had a, you know, USC made a huge push with him over the summer. And now he's been to, to OU um, twice since then. And uh, OU's been able to really kind of, you know, get their recruiting message um, going with Gentry. Um He's scheduled for an official visit sometime in September. I think it's a Nebraska game. Um, he's talking about making a decision right after that. So it's it's things are trending well for OU with Gentry Williams. Uh, one of his high school teammates also visited, uh, Makai Tease, who is uh, Miles Tease's younger brother. And Makai got an OU offer uh, a couple, you know, back in uh, back earlier this summer. Uh, he's a 2023 athlete, also at Booker T. Gentry and Mackay, Mackay, very close. Um, and he's seen his uh, his ranking skyrocket from sort of like nowhere into the top 150 for 2023. He could be a, he could be a cornerback or a safety in the OU system easily. Um, he's about six foot 180, and he's he's routinely putting up sub four or five, low four four times at, at summer camps. Uh, the last big in-state name to visit in July was OU was able to get Chris McClellan back on campus. At that, again, is the second visit they've had this summer. McClellan, you know, went out to USC, 
went to Ohio State and uh, also, uh, I believe, went to Florida. Uh, but it looks like Ohio State's the big challenger there. Ohio State recruiting, recruit next have been anticipating a verbal commitment from Lemon, sorry, some from McClellan any day now. It just hasn't happened. Um, the longer this process would seem to go on, maybe more OU can, can, you know, can dent the perception that he's going to Ohio State. Um, you know, McClellan has a lot of resources uh, in the state and a lot of, a lot of people who I think would like for him to be in. Um, I think a lot of people that might like for him to stay in state. Obviously, you know, Ohio State's D-line brand is, is pretty heavy. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty considerable. Uh, but I think the longer OU can stay in this recruiting, maybe McClellan can see the OU D-line have a strong year this year and see that playing that entire, that interior spot, uh, either the Winfrey or the, or the Redmond spot can lead to uh, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of stats, a lot of, t- a lot of tackles for losses, sacks, and, and, a, and a lot of publicity. So also, you know, um, I think he's probably pretty friendly with Gentry Williams and Mackay Teese at this point. They've been going to camps and, and visiting schools, same schools at the same time. So, you know, I think there's a sense that, you know, some of the in-state kids starting to verbally commit to OU, you know, I don't, I don't know that it will have a big impact on Chris McClellan, but, you know, I think it might be, you know, if he's visiting, he should visit the same time Gentry Williams does. And it wouldn't surprise me if Mackay Teese comes, comes down as an unofficial visitor for the game too. Though you always makes those tickets available uh, for for regional uh, for local kids for for games and you know, really any any kid that can make their way to Norman. Um, so you know, it'll be interesting to see if this sort of in-state surge OU's having potentially with um, with Gentry and McIT's has any impact on Chris McClellan at all. It might not, uh, but OU's definitely recruiting him. You know, pretty pretty heavily um, uh, at the defensive tackle spot. Uh, the only other name at defensive tackle they seem to be focused on is California prospect Hero uh, Canu, and they seem to be targeting an October visit for for Hero to be in Norman. Uh, he's also being heavily recruited by Ohio State. Um, so, you know, obviously it would be nice to add McClellan to the mix of what he's going on on the D line, add depth and talent there. Um, he's a top 100 talent by most of the services now. So he's really raised his profile and it'll be interesting to see how he does playing at a, at a, at a with a stronger team with a, with Owasso this year uh, versus his, uh, his previous, uh, his previous Tulsa area, uh, Tulsa public school, uh, high school he, he played at. So that's the, that's what's kind of, that's kind of what's happened and what's, um, and what's been going on. Obviously recruiting right now is, is a dead period. Um, OU can find a way to make offers and, and will make offers. They made an offer to a California 2023 cornerback named Aaron Williams a couple of weeks ago. He's uh, 6'2", 180, and looks just fantastic. I'm, I'm not sure why he's not a top 50 player, but he certainly looks like he has that has that skill set. Um, so OU can make offers. So keep an eye out maybe for some wide receiver traffic between now and the time OU takes the field against Tulane. Um, but definitely with three weekends in, uh, in September, especially with the, the Western Carolina being a primetime window, you know, expect to hear that OU's pulling some kids in for some official visits, 
even if there are verbal commitments and they're just closing the loop with some of them. Uh, but they also, you know, potentially should have, you know, four or five top 100 defenders on campus in September for visits. Uh, so it could potentially set the stage. Uh, that September, you know, time frame and those games could sh- could set the stage for, for OU closing out with, you know, uh, adding five top 100 type defenders to their recruiting class. Um, that's that's nothing to really, that's including Gabe Dindy, who is um, as highly rated as top 10 by one service uh, as, a, as a five-star defensive tackle. So, um, you know, lots, lots and lots at play for OU uh, in, in September in terms of, uh, of recruiting. Um, that's it for uh, this podcast. Um, we will do another podcast uh, right before OU kicks uh, with Tulane and just kind of do a recap of where the 2022 and 2023 classes are, their rankings, what's left, who are the big names. So we'll do that recap right before then. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Um, kind of delayed this podcast to get the burden and, and in its news is in its news in. So I apologize about it being a, about a week late, but I wanted to get those topics covered since they were uh, two pretty pretty big important topics impacting OU recruiting. Uh, thanks everyone, and uh, we will record again in uh, in about ten days. Thanks.